Hey, good morning. Good morning. Man, it, I agree with Kelly. Like stopping to hear a group of believers sing, I cry every time. Anybody else a crier? Man, I can't, I can't even help it. But I, just, I love being able to worship with you. Uh, my, I'm standing in front of my wife. I'm sorry. Hey, wife. This is my wife, by the way. Hi, I'm Isaiah Combs, and I'm the worship pastor here. And this is my lovely, way better half than me. So if you know me at all, she's fantastic. It's Leone. Uh, Pastor Dan is out of town. He is on vacation with his family. Amen? Man, that is fantastic that we can allow our pastor to go on vacation where he gets some rest. I hope you're praying for him that he gets rest. It's hard. Let me tell you. Turn off your phone, turn off your email, and just hanging out with your family is a hard thing to do. And I'm hoping he's doing that. Uh, we've been going through a series the last couple of weeks called A Step Closer. Right? Pastor Dan came up a couple weeks ago. We took a step closer through repentance. And um, Pastor Dan interviewed Michael Gonzalez. Do you guys remember that? Fantastic. Uh, if you have not watched that and you were not here, I recommend going online and watching it. It was very, very good. Uh, last week, Pastor Phil brought the message and he interviewed another Mike and Amy. Hey, Mike, over there. But yeah, he interviewed him and it talked about uh, taking a step closer through relationships. And. Um, so our series is kind of taking a step closer through spiritual disciplines, right? We don't like that word. Who hears the word discipline and, and cringes a little bit? Anybody? Now, I do for sure. Every time I just think of my mom and I'm like, discipline, I don't like it. But discipline means uh, to train or develop by instruction or exercise, right? So we're spiritually uh, developing, training, instructing, exercising to draw or take a step closer to the Lord. Um, some spiritual disciplines uh, are repentance, prayer, study, gathering together, uh, fasting, right? These are spiritual disciplines we can implement through the Holy Spirit to draw closer to the Lord. And this week, because I'm the worship pastor, we're going to talk about taking a step closer through worship today so clearly they were like who who should we have preach on worship oh yeah the worship guy throw him up there that's what happened um I'm, I'm gonna tell you this i could talk about worship for 10 days straight i was telling my wife i was like they want me to preach on worship for 20 minutes what am i supposed to say you know there's all kinds of things i was like well what if i talked about uh, Moses, when they cross over the Red Sea and then they worship together? What, what about all the times through the Bible? What about the seven different words for worship and praise in the Bible? We could talk about that. And then I was like, Lord, you're going to have to help me because my outline right now is like 13 pages long. So I had to cut it down and I'm thankful that he gave me something. And I'm hoping this morning that we as believers can take a step closer to the Lord through worship. So let's pray and then... Um, me and my wife uh, are going to talk for a couple minutes. You guys okay with that? All right. Let's pray. God, you, you are great. Singing your praises um, as a body of believers this morning, I'm so thankful for it. I know I needed it this morning, and I pray that someone is encouraged and stirred up by the worship this morning. And I also pray that you are honored and you are glorified. God, I need you this morning. I'm a failure. I'm a sinner that you saved by an amazing grace. 
And only through you I am able to be up here. We love you. We pray that your word pierces the hearts this morning, not mine. Love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, as I introduce you, this is my wife, Leone, and uh, we've been doing a couple interviews. Uh, if you haven't noticed, the last couple weeks, and I was like, who would I want to talk to on stage? I was like, my wife. I want to talk to my wife on stage. You don't want to sit down? I'm going to sit down to be at your height. Okay, good. Still taller. Still taller. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're talking about worship and taking a step closer uh, through worship this morning. And um, when I say the word worship to you, what does that mean? Like if I was like, worship, what does that mean? She's also a crier, guys. So yes, and I'm pregnant, so <laughs> that doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> I have no um, excuse. So. <laughs> when I hear the word worship, I think of Matthew 4 first, when um, Jesus is in the desert and he is being tempted by the devil. And the devil, Satan, he shows him, the third time he tempts him, he shows him the kingdoms and the glories of the kingdoms. And he says, all these I will give to you if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus, he quotes Deuteronomy, and he says, you shall serve the Lord your God. I'm sorry, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. And so when I think of worship, I think of service, and really how my service reveals my heart of worship, and reveals my Lord, who I am worshiping. And I think of, um, I think we talked about this this morning, just unbelievers could worship as well. And it's very clear in John 4, the Samaritan woman, she did not know the Lord, and she was talking about worship with him. And I tend to look at my life and myself and who I was before I had, God regenerated my heart, but I did worship other things and, you know, whatever that looks like. But worship, when I think about it, it does reveal my Lord through my services. So your Lord is revealed for, through what you worship? Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I grew up in a super conservative Baptist church. It was 50 people when my father got there and was pastor. And uh, I remember the day the first person raised their hand in a gathering. Anybody grow up super Baptist and remember that first time someone raised their hand during worship and you were like, that person's crazy. Remember? I, I just remember being like, what is happening there? Man, think about this. this, is, this is, the church was a dying church and they, uh, they had a lot of baptisms. And I remember the first time someone got baptized. And one person started clapping, and everyone looked at him, and then they started clapping like, okay, we can do that. It was very interesting, very conservative, very like, not showy, everything, I'm keeping everything in here, right? Everybody know what I'm talking about there? So, Leone, when, well, if people have seen, seen you during worship before, they've, they've seen you, you're, you're a hands in the air, um, eyes closed, singing at the top of your lungs, a person, how, how does that happen in your life? Why, why do you worship that way? I did not grow up in the church. <laughs> um, so when 
I will just speak from the scriptures really quick. Isaiah 6, Isaiah, he sees the Lord on his throne and his robe fills the place and he sees, if you read Isaiah 6, you could read all the details. But when Isaiah sees the Lord, the first thing he says is he says, woe is me for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. And it reveals Isaiah's heart, and, and what he sees is the glory of the Lord. And because he sees the glory of the Lord, he sees himself and his, his wickedness and his sinfulness. But then he says something really beautiful after. He says, for my eyes have seen the Lord. And I have seen the Lord in all that I am, my heart, my hands, my mouth. It is not my own. It belongs to my Lord. So when I worship, it's because God has saved me, and he has redeemed my heart, and he has brought me to a place to worship him wholeheartedly, wherever. That's all, folks. We're done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, I told you, better half. How has uh, worship, we're doing the series Step Closer, how has worship moved you a step closer to our Lord? I, I will say, I, I do believe that you can, again, worship anything. But when it comes to worshiping God, it starts with salvation. And in John 9, there's this man, and he's born blind, and Jesus heals him, and so he could see. And so the Pharisees are just, like, not having it. They're not liking it. And so they bring him in, and they question him. Basically, this man who was born blind um, is rebuked and cast out of the synagogue. And so Jesus, he hears about this, and he finds him. And he says to him, do you believe in the Son of Man? And Jesus says, and the, the man says, Lord, who is he so that I may believe? And Jesus says, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And the man says, Lord, I believe. And in that passage, it says, and he worshiped him. So worship... It is the start of your salvation. God gives you a new heart, and he's given me a new heart to worship him from the moment he saves me. But then in Galatians 5, he says to keep in step with the Spirit. And so even my steps that I take closer are truthfully not my own. 
it is the Spirit of God who goes before me and shows me the path of righteousness. For I do not know what righteousness looks like, but only through the Spirit of God. And so it is the Spirit that is within me that I can only take steps closer through worship and all of the disciplines that we will be going through. That's great. Thank you. That's, that's all I got for you. Love you. I knew I had to get that out of the way early. It was great. I mean, uh, I'm thankful for a wife who did not know the Lord when we met, and uh, the Lord has chastened her. And uh, through the word of God, I'm thankful for that. This morning, we're going to talk about taking a step closer and how we as a church can take a step closer through worship. And I think that starts with understanding what the word worship even is. Right? There's, there's many different things when we, when we think about worship. Uh, we think it's Sunday mornings when we gather and we just sing together, right? Who, who has thought that at one point in their life, that worship is just when we gather together and sing? I guess I'm the only person that could admit that, right? I did when I was a kid. It was like, we're going to worship together. We're going to sing together. And, and I'm even called the worship pastor. That is a lot of pressure, guys. But listen, the definition of worship says to show reverence or adoration. That's what the word worship means. And here's Isaiah's definition, because I'm not a smart man. Anything you do that gives honor and glory to God. You hear that? Anything you do. Uh, there's things we have in life that are not really our own, but we have. It's time, treasure, and talent. Have you guys heard us say these things before? Time, treasure, and talent. And these are the things we get to worship with. And truthfully, they're not our own. We just sang a song that said, it's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise. Right? It's not even our breath in our lungs. And I'm hitting my microphone. It's not even our, it's not even our breath. It's his. He gave it to us. And you know what we're supposed to do with it? Give it back to him in worship. That's what we're called to do. So our time, we give up our time for serving. We give up our time in reading the word of God. We give up our treasure, whether that's money or kids. And let me tell you, sometimes you want to give them back quick. Whether it's your house or your car, we give it back to the Lord and your talent. God has given you an ability to serve and worship him with, to build up the church. We're called to give that back. Those are what we've been given, our time, our treasure, and our talent. But I believe that we're, we're called to give our time, treasure, and talent in worship sacrificially. We're called to give it sacrificially. Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual Worship. Sacrifice. There's, a, there's plenty of stories throughout the word of God where time, tre treasure, and talent are given in worship. Plenty of them. But my favorite is in the book of Mark. It's, a, it's about the, the poor widow. If your Bibles turn to Mark 12. If not, it's going to be up on the screen for you. It says, and he, and the he there... Is Jesus. So I like putting his name in there. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. 
Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So there's all these people. They're in a synagogue. Jesus is there. He taught in there many, many times. And they would come and give their offerings. And many people were coming out of their abundance. They were coming to give their treasures, their time and their talent. They were coming to give out of their abundance. But this poor widow woman came and gave all that she had to the Lord. All of it. She gave sacrificially. And that's what we're called to do. Because the out of the abundance is not accepted by the Lord, but the sacrificial giving was. Correct? I didn't say it, Jesus said it. Sacrifice played a, a major role in the Bible, right? I call it from Genesis to Jesus. Sacrifice. Right? In Genesis, um, there's Adam and Eve and their two sons. They were, they were asked to give sacrifices to the Lord. Right? It wasn't the weak lamb. It wasn't just some animal they didn't want. It was the best of the best. The lamb without spot or blemish. That's what God required for worship. But God doesn't require that anymore. He doesn't require animal sacrifice. Because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Amen? When we're called to worship and give our time, treasure, and talent back to him sacrificially. Psalms 51.7 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Man, for our sacrifice to be accepted to the Lord has to be given what? With the right heart. I'm, I'm going I'm to let you in on something you already know. I can't see your heart. I can't, I can't see how you give or what heart you give with. I can't see how you worship and, and know like, oh, that person's a really good worshiper. They're really in the throne room of God. I don't know. I just see the outside. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord sees how you're worshiping and how you're giving. He knows if you're giving sacrificially. I don't know. I could just go, well, they're, they're really worshiping today. I, I don't know. We're, we're called to give sacrificially with the right heart. I, I like to say, uh, when you give with the right heart, it looks like this. You don't worship out of having to. You worship because you want to. You hear that? Worshiping sacrificially with the right heart is worshiping not out of having to, but out of wanting to. So that's, that's a simple definition of what worship is. We're called to worship sacrificially and with the right heart. So why do we gather on Sunday mornings to worship corporately? Corporately means just when we gather all together as the saints and we worship together. Another one of those scary words, corporate. And number one, we gather together to worship because what? He is worthy. 
He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our time, treasure, and talent on Sunday mornings. He's worthy of it. Amen? And let me, have you been saved by an amazing grace through faith? Come on, talk back to me. Have you been saved by grace through faith? Amen. Is that a reason to worship? Is God faithful and just? Is he the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Is he sovereign over all things? Is he going to return someday? Then he's worthy of our worship. Amen? Man, that's something to get excited about. And some of you right now, I know I can't see your heart, but I can see your face and you don't care. I hate to tell you. Man, he's worthy of our worship. And the second reason we gather corporately is to encourage and stir one another up. Pastor Phil talked about this last week. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the days drawing near. We gather together to worship because he's worthy. And we gather together to encourage and lift up one another. I have bad weeks, guys. Do you have bad weeks? I have bad days. Let me tell you, we had a bad parenting day yesterday. Anybody have those? Oh my goodness sakes. We got in bed last night and we were just like, I think we need to pray about this, like immediately. It was... I call it, we called it Lie Fest 2022. Your kids don't lie, right? Man, but even waking up this morning, it was like, I need some encouragement because I feel like I'm not being a good parent. Right? I feel unworthy to worship. How that encouragement looks is families coming together. Families that don't have it all together. Right? I hate to tell you, Dad, you don't have it all together. And you never will. But you're called to lead your family in worship. To be an ex- set an example, as Paul says, for your kids, for your wife. The old and the young, the white collar, the blue collar, children, the sick, the healthy, all races were called to gather together To what? To worship. I don't know about you, but it's super encouraging when I see families that are struggling or a wife that I know just lost her husband or a family that just had a miscarriage. And you know what? You see them on Sunday mornings and they're worshiping. Because guess what? They know how important lifting the name that is above every name in worship is. Man, this life is hard. He's worthy of our worship, and we're called to encourage and lift up one another. Man, there's a lot of debate about this next topic. There is. We learned what worship is. We learned why we gather together corporately to worship. But what what does corporate worship look like? There's a couple hundred people in here. I guarantee there's a couple hundred opinions of what you think it should look like. Amen? Amen. We all have different ideas. But let me take you biblically to what it says. In the 1 Corinthians uh, 14, it talks about what a gathering 
of the saints should look like. And I'm not going to read all that. It's talking about spiritual gifts. I want to focus on a little part. It says, should be done decently and in order. Right? That's what, that's what it tells us to do. A gathering should be done decently and in order. And Hebrews 13, 15 says, through him, then let us continually, I love that word, continually, that means all the time, offer up a sacrifice of praise. There's that word again. To God, that is the fruit of the lips that acknowledges what? His name. We're called to give a sacrifice of praise. That is what? The fruit of our lips. Our voices, we're called to give them back. That acknowledges his name. Colossians 3.16. We have this up in the, back, in the backstage. There's a green room back there. It's up on the wall. And I want every person that walks in that door to know what we're all about. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's what worship is supposed to look like. Done decently and in order. A sacrifice of praise that acknowledges his name. And the word of God should dwell richly. I get, I get a lot of critiques, guys. And I can handle it. It's okay. I'm not telling you to complain. I get all kinds of suggestions. I get emails. I get people coming up to me. I mean, that's right. It's, it's part of the, the gig, as I like to call it. But I, I'm going to give you a little criteria. Okay? I'm going to use the Word of God. And if, if you want to critique what I'm doing and you use this, I'll listen to you all day. One. Does the word of God dwell richly in the songs that we're singing? Two, is God honored and glorified through the songs that we're singing? And then after that, it's on you. I, I, I'm just telling you the truth. I love you. I do. I can look you in the face. I'll take you to lunch. I love you. But a lot of times we let our own personal opinion of what we think worship and then we take it out on somebody. Guys, does the word of God dwell richly in the songs? And is God honored and glorified through the songs? And then it's your personal opinion. And then you got to ask yourself, are you coming to the Lord sacrificially and with the right heart, with thankfulness in your heart? I'm going to call the band out. I'm very thankful, guys, that, I can, uh, that I, I can sleep in on a Sunday morning and know that the band's going to come and be prepared. I'm very, very thankful for them. This is, uh, as I told you from the beginning, I could have talked about worship for hours. Hours. I love studying about worship. I love reading books about worship. And if you want to know books and uh, stuff to study on worship, Please contact me. I'll give you some. I'll direct you in that right path that, that I believe we're called to worship with. But I, but I believe God has told me there's a couple things that the church needs to know so that we can take a step closer through worship. One, are you worshiping sacrificially with your time, treasure, and your talent? Two, are you coming to the Lord with a right heart? 
James 1.22 is my favorite verse in the whole Bible. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. You're in the perfect place right now to be a doer of the word. Because that's what we're called to be. Maybe, maybe today's the day you need to repent because you don't work, worship sacrificially and you're not worshiping with the right heart. And that, that's not between me and you. That's between you and God. I'm going to pray and um, thank God for this morning. And I'm going to ask him for you. I'm going to pray for you this morning. And if you need to repent because your worship is not sacrificially and with the right heart, then you need to repent. I've, I've had too many times come to the Lord full of pride. Come up on stage and go, look at me, look what I did. All the time. I go home, tell my wife, I go, why am I doing this? Let's pray together. God, you are faithful. You are mighty. You are great. You are worthy of all praise. God, we are sorry for our worship. We're sorry of how we come to you with hearts full of pride. I'm sorry. God, may we be a church that takes a step closer to you through sacrificial worship that is done with the right heart. You are worthy of it. You're worthy of all time, treasure, and talent. We know it's yours anyways. We give it back to you. We love you. And we're thankful for your grace and your mercy this morning. Jesus' name I pray, amen. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I'm going to read you one more. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 145. I know we're standing and it's a little weird. I was reading this this week. I tried to read it every day. I pray that it... Uh, pierces your heart this morning. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Amen. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all 
that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and is kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all who look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears the cries and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My favorite verse in this. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's be doers of the word this morning. Let's worship together.